In today's episode, Airbnbs, the good, the bad, the future. Welcome to the Investor Fellow Podcast, where we discuss money and life. I'm your host, Jorge Navarro. So you want to get rich doing short-term rentals? Are Airbnbs still a gold rush? Hmm. Well, you're in for a treat in these next two episodes, part A and part B. I'll give you a look at what it's like owning and managing Airbnbs for the last six years. Are they still good investments? Will I buy more? Great information you should know, so let's find out. And just so you know, I'm not a financial advisor, nor is this financial advice. This podcast is all about information and education and my own experiences. So let's dive in. My experiences renting to thousands of people. My overall experience with short-term rentals has been great. I've had many repeat customers. It's satisfying when people tell me they've enjoyed my home. I've come to realize that you can tell a lot about a person by how they treat you as a host and how they leave your house. Very, very true. There have been times where my house was left so clean, I honestly thought no one had stayed. I've had people leave expensive alcohol and gourmet untouched food, which I love. Sometimes I wouldn't even have to go grocery shopping for that week. I find it hilarious how people staying two nights two nights, mind you, rearrange my entire furniture so it feels more like their home. I met some very nice people from all over the world. I always give my guests 100% privacy and I try to be completely hands-off. Then, on the other end of the spectrum, I've had guests leave a huge mess. I mean, really messy. Clogged toilets and not the nicest people. I've come to find the guests who are always trying to get the biggest discounts are also the ones most likely to be the biggest complainers and give me the biggest headaches. It's true. As the saying goes, give an inch and they will take a mile or more. My worst experience ever was a group of guests who started a fire in my kitchen. That's right, I said a fire. Let's just say this group of individuals lacked basic common sense and a lot of other things. I had to replace my stove and microwave, repaint my walls and cabinets. Airbnb did a mediocre job in covering my expenses. It was really, honestly, a very stressful time. I had new guests checking in a week later. Everything had to be fixed ASAP. I was literally working day and night to get it repaired. But like in all investments, the higher the risk, the higher the reward. That's why we do it, right? As bad as it was, it could have been much worse. It could have also easily happened in a long-term rental property. So you never know. I learned early on managing my Airbnbs that my guests needed the entire house to be simple. I set up my properties in the most simplistic forms. I had keyless access, simple Wi-Fi, easy to use hot tubs, and I supplied all the basic amenities that you could ever need. I was quick to reply, had helpful tips, and I would give my guests a list of the best things they could do nearby. It's how I've managed to have an Airbnb host rating of 4.9 with over 470 reviews. I would test everything myself first. If I was uncomfortable with it, I would change it. My investment process. Let's focus on one of my investment properties, which I sold about a year ago. Before I get into the numbers, I want you to consider keeping it simple. If it seems too complicated, move on. 
Also, don't get attached to one property. I used these three criteria when I was buying my property. Number one, it had to cash flow immediately. So here's what I mean by this. Meaning, as soon as I purchased it, it could be up and running with minimal work. When I purchased my rental property, all I did was change the decor, take pictures, and it posted for rent within a month. Number two, I had to be able to rent it with no restrictions. Now this one is key for short-term rentals. I did my own research on where I could own a short-term rental. I called, emailed, and went in person. Pro tip here, if you're buying in an HOA, make sure you read the bylaws yourself and get a physical copy of the CCNRs or download them. That's what I did. Never, and I mean never, take anyone's word on something that can have a significant financial impact on your investment. If you buy a property and realize you can't rent it short term, you could easily F yourself. Do your own research on the neighborhoods and the city's regulations. Be versed in code enforcement protocols. Buying somewhere with options to rent however you want creates value in your asset. Number three. Expert knowledge of the area. I chose to buy near the Palm Springs area because living in the area most of my life, I personally have seen tourism spike during the years, mainly due to one of the largest music festivals in the world, Coachella Music and Arts Festival. Have you heard of it? Well, my property was within 15 minutes of the Coachella Music and Arts Festival. I kept my math simple when I was looking to buy. Doing my research of the competition nearby from multiple rental websites, I was able to calculate the average nightly rate. I then calculated the bare minimum rate that I would need to survive. If my place was only booked on the weekends and never any time else, would it still make money? I realized it was possible, so I went for it. Remember what I said earlier? Keep it simple. It's got to be simple math. If it works, it works. For example, my lowest nightly rate was around $150 a night. So with just the weekends booked, my mortgage, taxes, insurance, and HOA were all covered. This came out to approximately $1,100 monthly. Now remember, this is an example of my lowest nightly rate and the bare minimum book nights. This does not include the high season snowbird wrenching, which is very profitable in the desert. Snowbirds love the desert, most are pretty wealthy and stay for weeks at a time. And just for reference, in case you don't know, a snowbird is a retiree renting a home for several months. Typically, they come from cold climates seeking the desert heat. The big money is renting during the Coachella Music and Arts Festival and the Stagecoach Country Music Festival. It's pretty much a whole month of premium profits. You could easily make your whole entire year in one month. So, how did I do? Did I make money? Well, in 2017, I purchased my property for $159,000 with 20% down. My mortgage was 3.5% with a 30-year fixed rate. In order to buy it, I sold some of my index funds for the down payment. In 2022, I sold the same property for $325,000. So, it worked out pretty well. And I attribute it to a combination of several things. Hard work, risk, and luck. How I house hacked my three properties 
living in them, and renting them full-time. So once I got the hang of short-term rentals, managing them was pretty smooth. I would block off weeks in each of my three properties and live in them to maximize rental profit. My garages were off-limits, so that's where I would keep my bedding and personal items in each property. When they were all booked together, I would head to San Diego and live on my sailboat. I had local people in place in case there was an issue. It was such a fun time. I remember I would be sailing in the ocean and remotely checking in a guest at the same time. As fun as it was, house hacking was never a lasting venture for me. It was my short-term plan to fulfill my long-term goal. Remember in episode one, I talked about creativity and thinking outside the box? Well, this was the opportunity I created. Rental properties aren't passive income. You mean there's actually work involved? I know, shocking, right? And contrary to what social media portrays, it can be a learning curve. It is possible to be more hands-off. However, you will have to pay for this luxury, which means you won't profit as much. I'm not against outsourcing. It's just not the route I wanted to go or needed to. Perhaps if I buy more Airbnbs in the future, I will. For my property, I did everything myself to maximize my returns. I learned how to manage my property, maintained it, and cleaned it. When I couldn't clean it myself, I'd pay my family to do it. All in all, this kept my expenses very low. It was exciting to see my asset generating cash flow. The downside of my time commitment, well, it's basically a second job. But at that time, I didn't mind this because I was successfully running my Airbnb my way. I also knew that I wouldn't be doing it forever. And that's the key right there. I only wanted to do it for a few years like that. My goal was never to own a bunch of real estate. My goal is to build enough wealth in multiple assets to do what I want, when I want, with whoever I want. Scalability. The short-term rental game is a different beast entirely. When you rent long-term, typically it's yearly. You have leases in place and you know what your expenses and income will be. There are fewer moving parts and people to deal with and most likely less risk. Thus, it's typically a lot easier to build a portfolio with long-term rentals. On the other hand, short-term rentals, such as Airbnbs, can make exponentially more in a shorter time span. It's kind of like buying a growth stock. There's more risk involved. If you've done your research and understand what's at stake, the returns can far outweigh the headaches. But can you make it scalable? At my peak, I was running three Airbnbs full-time myself. Had I purchased another property, I would no longer be able to do everything. Eventually, you'll need professional property management, hired assistants, and cleaners. Short-term rentals are a difficult model to scale for a variety of reasons. Let's talk about a few. Number one, management. You'll pay a greater amount to your property managers than running it yourself. But if you want to scale, you're going to eventually have to have some sort of property management. In the short-term Airbnb game, property managers usually do a percentage of your monthly revenue, normally 20% or higher. Number two, occupancy rates can change drastically, especially if your primary rental demographic is tourism-based. You can have slowdowns due to economic factors which you can't control. Personally, I like to have a safety net of savings for each property for one year. 
I know it sounds crazy, right? But listen, this is actually what saved my ass in 2020. My calendar was completely booked for the entire year because normally when I rent, I open up my calendar one year in advance. I had all my highest earning months, including Coachella, booked. And in an instant, like many other businesses in 2020, my income vanished. That was tough. That was a really stressful time. Number three, too many moving parts. In the Airbnb game, there are so many moving parts. It's crazy. This never suited my investment appetite to scale it. Good property managers are hard to come by. A good cleaning staff are difficult to retain. Local tradespeople are sometimes flaky, they're busy, and they charge a premium. So why is this? Well, in the short-term rental game, you need things done as soon as possible. I once had my AC die on me. My calendar was booked the entire next month. I had no choice but to pay a higher cost to get it done. The loss of income from canceling on my guests would have been greater. When things need to be done ASAP, you will pay a premium price. I'm not saying you can't scale because there are people out there doing it and they're doing it well. But at the moment, to me, dealing with excessive wear and tear on my property, high turnovers, incompetent city officials, which one, that one really bugs me, and the biased media just doesn't get me excited to scale at this moment. Trust me, I've had thousands of guests stay in my properties. To those that scale and do it well, kudos to you. Who knows, in the right place and the right price, I might just scale. So never say never. I hope this podcast has given you some insight into what it's like owning and managing Airbnbs. There are so many variables to this interesting asset class. I think this asset class will morph into something we have yet to fully see. Maybe we will be the next trendsetters in the short-term rental game. Tune in next time for part B of this episode. For more content on the Investor Fellow Podcast, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much.